Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. On a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being the highest, how committed is the company you work for to a culture that innovates in a way that cares for you? When innovation and caring combine, the work culture is beyond positive. It's irresistible. I am so stoked to introduce you to my guest today, Work Positive Nation. The first article I read of hers was over 20 years ago. My immediate response was yes. She's a management innovator and pioneer. She's the co-creator of Roe. And we're going to find out what that acronym, R-O-W-E, stands for and how you can row in your company culture. So get ready to row, Work Positive Nation. Welcome to the Work Positive Podcast with your host, executive coach and culture architect, Dr. Joey Fawcett. Discover strategies and tactics that work positive as Dr. Joey talks with industry leaders who create a positive work culture that attracts top talent and reduces team turnover. Discover how you can create a work positive culture that increases productivity and profits. Here's your host, Dr. Joey. Work Positive Nation, help me welcome to this episode of the Work Positive Podcast, my new best friend, Jody Thompson. Jody, welcome to the Work Positive Podcast. I am so happy to be here, Dr. Joey. I think the fact that we both are cultural architects, we're going to have some fun. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You obviously are a person who loves to have fun because who else would title their book, Why Work Sucks and How to Fix It? <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. And, you know, that came out in 2008. And at that time, it was pretty provocative and shocking to say sucks on the cover of a book. Today, well, no big deal. Uh, Howard, Howard Stern made it a normal part of our nomenclature, right? <laughs> totally. Yeah. Totally. So, so what motivated you to write that book, Why Work Sucks and How to Fix It? What motivated me to write that book, Dr. Joey, is that back in 2004, I was working at the corporate work environment at Best Buy. And the workplace is broken. Mm. It's totally broken. And what I was learning when I was there was that people wanted more control over their time. Mm. And they couldn't get that control because of the deeply held beliefs of how long people should work and where they should work wow. and all of those things. So people were trying flexible work options. Okay. And let me just say to your audience right now, yeah. flexibility doesn't work. It just doesn't work. It does not create equity. And so in, in seeing that, and I was a change agent at that time at okay. Best Buy. When I saw that, I started to work with somebody that was in work-life programs. And we started to uncover that idea of why it's broken and why we need to change it. And what are the steps to do that to bring a culture from, you know, the giant hairball, right? Yep. How do you get that to overcome inertia and start moving forward? So we had a lot of fun, but I, I got to tell you, you know, coming in every day, having to be there at eight o'clock, sit in your cube all day, don't have anything to do, 50 million meetings. Yeah. It's not good for people. So yeah. it needed to change. That's why I did it. Yeah, boy, I hear so many people say, I can't get my work done because of meetings. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Most meetings could be replaced by a good email. <laughs> you know, that's that's so true. But people keep going to meetings, right, Dr. Joey? I was just up in Vancouver and mm-hmm. I was talking to a group of 75 managers and above. Uh-huh. And I asked them, of your meeting time during a week, like all the time you're in meeting, how much of that time is wasted? Yell it out. 50%, 80%, 90%. And I've been hearing that for about 17 years. Yeah. Yet we still go to a lot of meetings. So that's a cultural artifact that you have to find a way to break it. Mm. And that's what we did. We disrupted some of those things so that people could make better decisions about how they spend their time mm. rather than wasting it in all these meetings. Yeah, well, when we put them in nicely climate-controlled rooms with donuts and coffee and comfy chairs, what do we expect to happen, right? So, oh, it wow, sounds, yeah. Yeah, it sounds to me like you're talking about autonomy, Jody. So how does autonomy factor into a positive work culture? I love that question, Dr. Joey, because what people are doing today is they're doing policy-based hybrid. They're mm. telling people, what days to come in, like they can be three and two or whatever combination people come up with. And that's not autonomy. <laughs> that's managed flexibility. And there's a lot wrong with that, that equation. What autonomy is, is I'm self-directed and independent. I understand what I'm supposed to do, the accountability piece, but I don't ask permission of my manager to work from home or come in at nine or leave at three. I just don't. Because when everybody's crystal clear about what they're supposed to be delivering, then autonomy is the icing on the cake because then I, me personally, can move about my life and my day in a way that makes total sense instead of rotting away in my cube for those two days I had to go in and get nothing done. (laughs) Rotting away. That's why work (laughs) sucks, right? (laughs) Right. Yeah, you walk in the office, what's that odor? Oh, Joe, rotting. (laughs) Inner cube. Again. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So the first time I was exposed to your amazing work, Jody Thompson, was um, probably about 20 years, almost 20 years ago. And we we decided we were talking a moment ago. It was that amazing article you wrote for Business Week. And that's when I was introduced to ROWE, R-O-W-E. So share with Work Positive Nation what that acronym stands for. So R-O-W-E is the results only work environment. And what that is, is it's a work culture where every single person, no matter what your role, Mm -hmm. is 100% accountable and balanced over with 100% autonomy. So when you put those two things together in perfect balance, it creates the absolute perfect environment for people to be their best every single day of their life. Wow. Wow, that's big, to be their best every single day of their life. So it's results only work environment. Mm -hmm. How do we begin to measure the results? Oh, I love that question. So Dr. Joey, when I go into organizations and I talk to people, just, you know, groups of people, I ask Mm -hmm. them, what is the measure of your work? How do you know when you've achieved the result you need to achieve? How are Mm. you measuring it? And people just look at me like a deer in headlights. Nobody's measuring, but you know what we are measuring? Uh How many hours we work, Uh you know, how many meetings we go to. So we're not measuring the actual work. And Hmm. 
what's what's so um, sort of sad for me about that is we're spending a lot of time doing time. Wow. And you know the other place that people do time, right? Where yeah, else in society? Wow. Jail. Okay. So mm. when people are feeling like sort of trapped in that kind of culture, they're quiet quitting, right? They're well, leaving for greener pastures. They're, you know, doing as little as possible, you know, whatever that looks like. And mm-hmm. they're completely stressed out. Mm. Completely. Mm. And stress is just it, as big a pandemic today, at least in, in the companies we work with. Stress is as big a pandemic as COVID it's, ever was. It's huge. I have a little nugget for you about that. Yeah. What's that? So I don't know if you've looked at um, Robert Karasek's work about the demands control conundrum. Mm. So back in the late 70s, he realized that it wasn't the amount of work that you have that causes stress. It was the lack of control you have over how you do that that causes stress. Uh... And when we we read that back in 2004, and when I was um, conceptualizing the results-only work environment, I realized that what we have to do is We have to get clear on the results, number one. But number two, we have to raise our level of control to the highest possible level. Hmm. Because that, because autonomy is what gives people the control they need for all the demands in their lives, both at home and at work, whatever. So we have to raise that up. Flexibility does not do that. Hmm. It's a managed program or policy-driven program that that manages your time for you. And and so we can't substitute what we measure for measuring hours, right? For measuring time and trying to manipulate that and where the butt's in the seat, right? Right. But, we call that the old currency of work. Yes. Time plus presence equals results. Mm. And that is old. You know, just because people are putting in their time doesn't mean real work is happening. No, no, no. We, uh, we find that productivity, you know, how are you using that time? How, many, how much of that time do you spend in the flow? So it would seem to me that the greater control I have over my work, the more flow I can achieve, which means I can actually be more productive, which, of course, leads right to a positive cash flow for the company. Absolutely. And that is the, the hardest thing in work culture for managers and leadership to let go of Mm. because when you let go of controlling people's time and location then you're left with well what am i measuring and that's the whole problem we should be measuring the outcome of the work what Mm. are the results we're trying to achieve instead we're we keep defaulting to well, if people are in the office, they must be working. <laughs> yeah, well, right? what, what that really means is I can look where their eyeballs are and where their butts are, right? And, and so there's yes. a physicality that I'm managing as opposed to doing the hard work of saying, okay, what are the measurable metrics for this position? What What is their contribution to the greater whole? Because then I got to get out here and define the greater whole, right? And yes. backcast that into what each position's purpose is, as opposed to this archaic archetype of measuring time and butts in the seat, right? Absolutely. So I'm working towards a results only work environment. Mm-hmm. And I'm moving forward in that. How do I talk about that to top talent that I want to attract to our team? Because it's it's obviously very attractive. But what are some ways I can begin to talk about a row environment to uh, results only work environment to top talent that I want to come join our team? 
So uh, with Dr. Joey, we have a couple of organizations, large organizations that we work with in Canada. Mm -hmm. And for the last five years, one of the companies, the top number one reason, because they do surveys, that people come to their company is the results only work environment. Wow. And the number one reason people stay there and don't go somewhere else is the results only work environment. Wow. So here's the interesting thing. And I talked about this many years ago. If you, by the way, people need to go through training to be able to use the results only work environment. It's a mm-hmm. trademark and it's copywritten and all that. Mm-hmm. But when you go through the paces with us and overcome inertia, there's a, a very different, your mindset is completely shifted. And so what we've learned is once the word is out that a company is row, the people out in the world are looking for something radically different. That's why they're quitting. Mm. And people in the UK know row, Australia, China, Japan, South America. We do a lot of work in Canada. The book came out in a few, few languages. Mm-hmm. So people know the word row. Row is a branded term that people know. Sure. So if you put on your website, like on your page that you're trying to get talent, that mm-hmm. we're a results-only work environment, you'll get bombarded. Wow. Now, again, to your audience, you can't use that. Okay? It's a registered <laughs> trademark. Right, you, have to, right. you have to work with us. So yeah. um, we've learned too, Dr. Joy, that a lot of people, and I love this because they want to create that kind of environment. Mm-hmm. So I like when people you know, try to emulate it. But as you know, with culture shift, it's not that easy. Oh, it's hard work. There's, yeah, there's a lot of things that people don't get from our book or or whatever mm-hmm. that will just keep pulling the culture back to where it was. Mm. So if you want to actually be able to drive a car that works, everything works, it has to go through the machinations through the factory. Right. You don't just get a big box of bolts and say, well, that's a car. <laughs> Let me try to put it together. Although know? I bought a car that was put together like that once. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I've heard about those cars. Lemon. <laughs> Lemon. Yeah. Uh. yeah, so it's hard. It's hard work and you understand that. And mm-hmm. when leadership, like you just mentioned a little while ago, when leadership starts to understand the gravity uh-huh. of the real change, they have to they have to like commit. Like, what is your level of commitment? Because you're going to need to sure. commit to this because we're not doing the change for the people. The change is cultural. It's everybody yes. that's going to go through this. And we're really all on a level playing field at that point mm-hmm. because leaders have to change their mindset. The people have to change their mindset. We have a whole bunch of um, activities, self-correcting activities people do mm. to keep the culture going forward. Yeah, and right. Those, that's the things we do in training. That's how we help right. help organizations make that move. So when I'm attracting top talent and I'm, and I'm talking to them about coming to work for our team, autonomy is a word that we used earlier. So that's a way we can describe our work culture in a results only work environment. What are yes. some other words we can use besides autonomy, Jody? Well, people have described it as freedom. Okay. Liber- liberation. Mm. I finally have my life back. You know, some people think of this, Joey, the autonomy piece as we're just letting people run wild and it's going to be chaos. Yeah. That's why people are afraid of it, right? It's anarchy in the company. Right. And it's the accountability piece that's so important. Because if you have just too much autonomy and nobody knows what they're supposed to be doing, like the accountability isn't there, Mm. that makes managers really uncomfortable. And so when they get clear, right? 
And so Mm -hmm. I think what's happening, Dr. Joy, with people is they don't want to waste their life, Mm. right? Get clear with me about what I'm supposed to do and give me the autonomy to be able to do a good job of it. Mm. And if you you make me sit in a certain seat and get interrupted all day, I can't do my work. (laughs) So I need to make that decision myself. Have you heard of Todd Rose's The Myth of the Average? Mm -mm. It's a podcast. And this is the coolest thing. I think your audience is going to like this. So back in World War II, they were creating fighter jets, right? right? And they had to figure out in the, in the cockpit where to put the seat. So they couldn't figure out how to do that. So they measured arm length of men and leg length and girth and all mm-hmm. these different things. And then they put the seat, averaging all that out, that's where they put the seat. Now, here's what's <laughs> funny about this, and I know you can see it. Yeah, I can. It didn't fit anybody. Anyone. Yeah. Find me an average fighter person. pilot. <laughs> yes. And so when you think about that, what is their performance going to be like? Hmm. So what happens in companies when they try to make things, you know, equal, whatever that looks like, with two days in, three days out, whatever that is, it doesn't right. fit anybody. Hmm. It doesn't fit any role. Four-day work week doesn't fit. Hmm. So... Hmm. It's that idea that I need to be able at any given moment, move my seat like in the cockpit to have the best performance. And that's why our seats move today in our cars, by the way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just think if you had to get into a car with an average of everybody in, you know, the United States. Right. It doesn't fit anybody. Oh, I couldn't get my knees under the steering wheel. I know. <laughs> it's hard enough. And I would be so my... far back, I wouldn't be able to reach the pedals. Uh, so uh, there you go. One of the best functions ever invented was uh, this memory. So when you put your, your keys got it yes. or your, your fob's got a chip in it. Because when I get in it, it automatically goes back. When my wife gets in it, it automatically goes up. So <laughs> I've been and, in and, one of those. Yeah. And hey, Jody, it's not just up and back. It's lumbar support, right? Mm-hmm. It's seat back position. So that brings me to something else. Results only work environments are defined differently by different generations. And we have, uh, it seems to me, more generations working in the same for the same company today than ever before, right? Yeah. We right. got the boomers, which are my generation. I think I can claim that for you too. <laughs> yes. And then, although you wear it much better than me, yeah. <laughs> you're watching this on YouTube. <laughs> I sometimes I don't even want to admit I'm a boomer. So. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. Well, yeah, millennials, right? Mm-hmm. So those are my kids, and then Gen Z, and they're yeah. all in the work. Course at the same time. I've got a nephew graduating from college this weekend. He's 22 yep. years old. And I'm thinking to myself, hey, Joey, how would you as a 63-year-old manage a 22-year-old, right? Yeah. So how do we, thinking back to this seat metaphor, how do we, in a results-only work environment, put as many position adjustments as possible in there to accommodate yep. all three of these generations? So I I love that question, Dr. Joey, because what we learned about the results-only work environment, because of the autonomy and accountability and perfect balance, Mm -hmm. it works for every generation. We've heard boomers and traditionalists say, oh boy, if I could have had this 30 years ago, or I heard one person say, I was almost divorced, and now my life with my family is so much better. Wow. Et cetera, et cetera. So there's all these stories out there. Right. And so the next generation that's coming up, so we've got the millennials in there pretty much, is 
just like the millennials, they're more purpose-driven. And if we can attach them to the purpose of the organization, truly attach them, mm. and then backwards plan. So go back to my role is X, Y, Z. And in my role, here's what I do to help us achieve that vision. Yes. That's what they want to hear. Now that's Dan Pink's autonomy, mastery, and purpose. Right. But results only work environment is it manifests that throughout the organization. So if I'm a, you know, the next generation coming in, Mm-hmm. I get to come into a contemporary idea of work instead mm-hmm. of an old fashioned 1952. I tell you when, and I yeah. tell you where old. Yeah. And, and I, it, it seems to me, Jody, that we are redefining work. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we've had the great resignation, the great regret yeah. because we resigned and found out the next company saw right. as bad as right. Right. So, Mm -hmm. man, what an opportunity for the great redefinition now. Um, When you tell me that marriages are saved and and that people are able to stay in intimate relationships like that, that tells me that any children that are in the home are living a better life. So the next gen is going to be even more advantaged. And it seems to me the the joy de vivre of the human spirit is just celebrated so much more. And I know that sounds squishy, but that's when innovation and creativity Right. To happen. And so you have this way of talking about, I want you to share with Work Positive Nation about how innovation and caring coexist in, in harmony in a row. Work yeah, that, that, that's a great question, Dr. Joey, because if you're truly innovating, it's uncomfortable. Yes. It's, it sits outside of a culture because the culture doesn't understand it. Mm. And so when you come in with something innovative, people are having to let go of a belief system that they've had for years and their parents had and everybody had. And there's safety and, and security in that belief system, Jody. We've done the it this psychological way. Psychological safety. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so as you're helping people over overcome those old belief systems that they have, mm-hmm. you have to be able to be kind and compassionate mm-hmm. at the same time, because if you can't listen to the pain and continue to reassure them that they're going in the right direction, and let's keep going. And here's what you can do next. They just fall back again. Mm-hmm. It's much easier to just stay put yeah. than to actually do the, the overcoming inertia thing. So mm-hmm. we have to be compassionate. And that, that was something that I used to say to people many years ago is when you're facilitating culture change, you have to be Mother Teresa, right? <laughs> you have to have that, you know, sort of soul of I'm yeah. here to help and guide mm-hmm. and not put you through, you know, but you have to be a comedian too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know, definitely. Have, right. And you have to be smart. Yeah, so you have to have smart. all these things. But again, I say that if you're if you're doing real change, real mm. innovation, know that you also have to step back with kindness and compassion and caring while people are trying to follow you mm. through this mud, right? Yeah, oh, That's it's called quicksand. Change. It's yeah. Quicksand oh, yeah. Quicksand, even better. Even yeah, better. You, you just get pulled in because all true growth and from a personal as well as professional development status lies just beyond the edge of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to be uncomfortable. I'm going to be in pain. Uh, you just knock my block off. Right. <laughs> because right. these are Who the ways my that cheese. I, Remember that book? Who yes, moved my Spencer cheese. Johnson, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, not only did you move my cheese, you moved my coffee, my granola. <laughs> my, you yeah, know, where's my the refrigerator? Yogurt. My car isn't <laughs> there anymore. You know? I, I don't know where. I mean, my wife loves to move things around in our kitchen, so the coffee makers <laughs> rotate all around the place. So, uh, but it Love takes it. me about twenty-one days to figure that out. But hey, in in culture work, it takes a lot longer. Um, so people think, hey, I can I can hire Jody, I can hire Dr. Joey, bring them come in. You know, hey, what do you think it's going to take? Sixty. 90 days will be okay yeah no how long have you been working out of this paradigm yeah and how much energy are you willing to burn because it takes 90 percent of the fuel to escape gravity right yes yep back to your inertia comment yep how much of that energy are you willing to burn to make that transformation and yet look at the results right we mm-hmm. attract top talent. We reduce team turnover. We increase productivity and profits. I mean, those are the benefits right. of, of rowing your way through work, right? It really is. And I think sometimes like leadership understands what needs to happen. Mm. And to your point, how committed are you to it? Because when you're going through culture change, it never ends. Mm-hmm. You know, autonomy and accountability and perfect balance is an aspiration. Mm. And so for me to hit that, I'm going to be out of balance sort of for a long time until I can start feeling that balance come together. I'm staggering, right? Yep. Myself as a leader, you know, myself as an individual contributor, wherever I'm in the organization, we're all going through it. But Mm. what I love about this change is people in a, in a cultural change like this, when given the right tools, they self-correct and they correct each other in a kind fashion. Right. So that that's, really cool too, because it takes the whole spirit of the organization up yes. Yes. when people feel yes. like they're part of it and they have control over their lives and all those things that social science says is the right way to do it. Well, and Dan Goldman, of course, helped us understand that with emotional intelligence, right? So what you're describing right. is creating empathy in the organization. And, and yep. that's when it gets to be not only fun at work and it's a sustainable organization, people are in the flow but you make more money at the end of the day. Like I know that that's too. the thing. You know, there was a study done of the results only work environment through the NIH. So it was a, a longitudinal study. Mm-hmm. And one thing they learned is in, if people invest in the results only work environment, they get a 168% return on investment. Wow. That's humongous. Now they also learned that they took a cortisol swipe. They took swipes of saliva of all mm-hmm. the people in the study yep. to see if their stress was dropping. The stress of the people in a row dropped, but what was so cool is the stress of their family members dropped too. What? Yes, actual, you know, biological testing of amazing. stress, the stress hormone. And it it's because the person is now able to fulfill their whole life. They're mm. not playing games. They're not playing mm. the staying late game. Mm. The look at how many meetings I have game. Look at how many right. hours I work game. There's all mm. these games that we have to play mm. and we're competing against each other oh, instead of comparing. being with each other, mm-hmm. you know, in a, in a place where we all we're in an equitable place and we all get to have the same advantage. And that's a no true matter collaborative what. playing field as opposed to compare and compete. And there are only right. so many resources in my team's competing against yours to get those resources. That is absolutely fascinating, but it makes perfect sense because when I come home, I, I'm bringing that stress with me. And mm-hmm. so I refer to that, Jody, as delivering the mail to the wrong address. 
Oh, I love the that. The mail I wanted to deliver on my boss's desk gets delivered on my spouse or worse, my kid or right. the dog. Right? Let's be yes, honest. right. And and so I'm short of patience and I'm, I'm just not at my best. Yeah. So that's an amazing study. Uh, where can Work Positive Nation go? What What's your website, Jody, that we can go to to discover more amazing things about our road? So the website is goro.com, G-O-R-O-W-E.com, goro. Wonderful. And we referenced earlier to the Why Work Sucks and How to Fix It book. Mm -hmm. There's also another book you've written? Yes, that one is Why Managing Sucks and How to Fix It. Okay. Now, we have to be very clear. We're not saying management sucks, okay? It's, <laughs> right? It's, Although that's true it's, sometimes. <laughs> I know. But it's right. really that sort of how we've managed for the last 75 years. We're, mm-hmm. we're um, right. helping that change and, yes. and helping managers. Actually, we take the word manager out of the system when we work with companies. They're results coaches. Yeah, I love Because it. managers manage people. But results coaches manage the work. Yes. So now their control has shifted from controlling people to actually controlling the work, the outcome of the work. And that moves the conversation from physicality. That is, I've got to keep my eyeballs on you, even if I'm mm-hmm. spying on you through Zoom or something, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So I'm, I'm not physically making sure that your butt's in the seat and your eyes are where they're supposed to be and not on some social media tool. But I'm looking at how it gets done. And so it's it's totally irrelevant how long it took you or, or what right. you did. I Do you remember, Jody, when we were in grade school, the teacher would make you show your math? Yes. <laughs> what, why can't we just focus on the answers, right? Just show, I show know. Me the, show me the I answer. had a son like that. I had a son like that. He just put the answer down and then he got a D on his paper because he didn't show his work. So, yeah, Let's just show it's, the work, it's tough. Shall we? <laughs> Let's yeah. just show the work. Right. All right. So it's it's goroe.com that you can go yes. to Work Positive Nation and you'll find more information about the books there. What else are we going to find when we goroe.com? Well, there's a lot of things on the site that are fun to look at. So uh-huh. you're going to learn more about um, how we actually implement. You're going to learn more about why the workplace is broken. Yeah. Um you might land on my keynote page where oh, I speak, you know, how we speak, yeah. I'll speak. Uh-huh. And really just, we try to create the website to be an educational journey hmm. that helps people get closer to having the courage to talk internally about it, right? Hmm. And come yeah, to just... a place where they're like, you know what, we might, we might be able to do this. Yeah, just start the conversation. Yep. And we have a quiz. People can take a culture quiz oh, to see kind of where they stack up. So there's some fun things to do out there. And I'd love to have your audience visit us and, um, you know, just start your own journey, really. Mm-hmm. And, and thinking of work an entirely different way. Yeah. And by the way, Work Positive Nation, don't wait for your manager or your C-suite to get on board with this. Be empowered Take the mm-hmm. take a plunge, right? Just go road.com and just find some. Just do the quiz and find out where you are. Just buy the That's book. That's right. And and just begin that conversation. And then you can go to work and just start asking questions and just wonder out loud about some Absolutely. Things. One company we worked with that took seven years before they reached out to us. Sure. They read the book, they talked and talked and talked, talked and talked. You know how that is meeting, 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 meeting. Finally, yep. they got to a place where they felt like they could you know, just kind of look at it and see, can we really do this? So I encourage your listeners, um, start your own journey. 
yes. start thinking about it differently. We have yeah. resources out there you can read and we, we want to be your guide and we want to help you get there because it is liberating. Jody and like Thompson. you said, Dr. Joey, yeah. companies do better, more profitable. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it shows up on your financial balance sheet time yep. after time, every single time. It sounds squishy when you talk about it, but it, <laughs> if, if you look that these are people doing the work, right? right, getting the results, then of course it's squishy, but it's hard dollars that come out of that squishiness. Absolutely. So that's, that's a beautiful Absolutely. way It's, a, it's a business strategy, yes. period. And pays, as you said, how many times X? 168%. Yeah. Return a, on investment. That's a big number. That just, is a just big number. Do the math, right? So <laughs> yeah. work, work Positive Nation always wants to know, Jody, for my guests, what's one thing they can do starting today to help create a positive work culture? What's your one thing, Jody Thompson? Okay. So this is the one thing you can do to start creating that environment. And it's a little nugget of how you communicate. Okay. So when you communicate with somebody, anybody in the company, and you're asking for something, be very clear on what it is and when you need it. Now, here's why that's so important. You get a lot of things like, can you get me that ASAP? Can you do it sometime <laughs> next week? And so that creates anxiety and stress in people because then you start going, well, that's a VP. I better answer right away. And that's, you know, a lowly person. I don't need to do that. Right. But if every single person and you guys spread the word, say what you need and exactly when you need it, Tuesday at noon, Thursday at Five. When you say that, then every single person can start managing their time better because they know what people need and when they need it so they can be, have more control over how they deliver. Clarity. Yeah. For communicating clearly. What and when. Yeah. Oh, I love Every it. email. Yeah. Jody Thompson is my guest on this episode of the Work Positive Podcast. Go row, G-O-R-O-W-E.com. If you're on the Peloton or walking the dog or something, it's in the show notes. All you got to do is click and go there. Take a quiz, have some fun, buy a book. <laughs> go row. Jody, thank you so much for the gift of your time, your wisdom. Um, I'm even more in awe of your work and you today. So thank you for this conversation. Oh, thank you, Dr. Joy. I was uh, happy to be here and uh, it's fun. I, I enjoy talking with you today. Thank rowing, you. Rowing is fun. It is. <laughs> totally. <laughs> thank you for listening to this episode of the Work Positive Podcast. Please share this podcast with your friends who are HR and small business leaders so they can do one thing today to create a positive work culture that increases productivity and profits. I'd like to give you a free work positive course just for listening. It's called Something to Talk About, and it's transformed the work conversations of so many people all over the world. Get your free copy when you go to workpositive.today slash something to talk about, and you can start transforming your conversations today. Remember, it pays to work positive.